on this episode of Hit the Deck. The man is back, and he is here to tell us all about his capital deck hockey program. I love the uh, the face-off, the clean face-off win to the point for a blast spot. I think always, always a favorite of mine. Less so of mine, but <laughs> I respect that. Right, right. And Uncle Sam's ball hockey program needs you to step up and get them a championship. I want you to help the U.S. women's ball hockey team go to Slovakia. That's not a request. That's a demand. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 138 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And I'm not going to say it. You know, if you've been listening for the last number of weeks, you know what I want to say right here. You know, but you know, if you know, then you know. And if you don't know, you don't need to know. It's not worth talking about. I'm rambling, so I'm going to stop doing that right now because this week, this episode of Hit the Deck is too important to waste time because we have a very special guest back with us, baby. We have returning to us, and you want to know who it is. If you heard the podcast last week, you have an inkling. But if you didn't, well, first, go listen to last week's podcast because you'll want to get to know this guy a little better before we continue our conversation. But... I'm, 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 I continue to ramble and I apologize. So instead of doing that, I think it would behoove all of us to jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup and goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense number four, I'm James Sajazi, and we are so very honored to have back with us this week. At center, number 20, Wayne Barrett, DC Shidaki. All right, Wayne, sounds good. Thank you for coming back here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And Wayne, we will be right back with you in just a couple of minutes. We're going to keep you hanging on again. Uh, set me free, why don't you, babe? Get out my life, why don't you, babe? But you don't really love me. You just keep me hanging on. We do love you, Wayne, but this is what we do here on the pod, so... Uh, you're just going to have to bear with us because really you have no choice in the matter at this point. <laughs> you're committed. <laughs> oh, but uh, setting Wayne aside, James, how are you? Uh, living the nightmare. How are you? <laughs> Better, I guess. Good, good. I'm fine. I'm fine. 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 I, fine. I, I'm, I'm doing the Finding Nemo birds again. Fine. 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 Now I know you, you've answered this question in uh, in the Stanley Cup playoff past, mm. but with the Stanley Cup final going on, yes. have you changed your mind and watched either or both of games one and two of the Cup final? You know, I know I said I wasn't going to watch and I had no interest, but actually, with it being the finals, I have not watched and I have no interest. <laughs> Okay, well, game three at, at the recording of this podcast will be Saturday night, and I do hope you change your mind just because you're such a hockey fan and, and a great guy that these first two games have been, I think, instant classics with uh, Boston winning game one, both in Boston, and now it's going to switch over to St. Louis, obviously, the series, but uh, the, the Bruins were down two goals to nothing in game one, 
and it looked like the Blues were going to run away with it. And then, bam, Bruins came roaring back and ended up winning 4-2. to two. I see what and, you did there. Yeah, thanks. And then in game two, the ever so important game two, especially for the Blues, because they played a really solid game in game one, is that it was four goals scored in, in the first period and then nothing for the next couple of periods. But that was not from a lack of trying or great goaltending on both ends. Very, very exciting. Block shots, really big hits. It's what the Stanley Cup final is all about. And then the Blues won the game in overtime. And really slap shot from the point. Exciting. Bing, bang, boom. And now it's going to shift to St. Louis. And I just can hear the fans screaming right now. It's just such an intense atmosphere in both Boston and St. Louis. And really so exciting the first two games. And I hope it goes seven because the first two have just been great games. Oh, okay. I did actually get an alert on my phone after game two because, you know, I have the NHL app. And it said something to the effect of the Blues had just broken a streak of losing like nine straight games in the in the finals or something. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I don't okay. have my phone near me at the moment or I'd go check out the, the actual accuracy of that statement. But it was something like that. Well, good for the Blues, especially the fact that for the last 49 years, they've had to have the uh, dagger twist in them as the iconic picture of Bobby Orr flying through the air, having won the Stanley Cup. And I believe that was the last time the Blues were in the Stanley Cup final, if I'm not mistaken, for an expansion team that was very, very successful at the beginning of their career as a uh, franchise. But uh, so that's good. So exercise the demons. I didn't know that about the consecutive games and stuff like that. So because this because this postseason, I believe they have the best road record out of all the teams that have played obviously now going as deep as only two teams are left in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season you know this is completely random that's cool and I'm not trying to be dismissive of it but I just remembered and as I said this is kind of random but you know you had made that flip little remark about living the nightmare which brought to mind I I had I had a dream I know people love hearing about other people's dreams but I had a, not not unlike Martin Luther King Jr., I had a dream not too long ago. It was, it was several days ago, and I was trying to remember what it was because it stood out to me. And it, it, was, it was not hockey-related, but I, I wound up not, well, hanging out isn't the right word, but I wound up chatting with Billy Joel in this dream. You see, there was an event, I believe, at Madison Square Garden wherein he had some kind of movie that he was showing or, or something similar very very much like the last play at Shea movie that he premiered at City Field a number of years ago but in this instance he was kind of narrating so he would he would introduce a clip of the movie and then he would put it on to show it and uh, in, in in my dream I was in attendance with some of my family and after introducing something he he came out to sit in the audience amongst the people and he decided to sit next to me. So we were chit-chatting a little bit. And it was clearly it made an impression on me because I love Billy Joel. I, I, I don't know, dear listener, if you have any feelings one way or the other about Billy Joel, but uh he's he's kind of been on my mind lately because I've been listening to his music a lot. So um I don't know. It probably wasn't even worth mentioning here on the podcast. There's no punchline or anything really crazy that happened in the dream. I just, 
it was something that stood out to me. So I felt compelled to tell you all about it. I'm sure your lives are better for it. Well, there's a big connection that he uh, he is sold out, literally has sold out Madison Square Garden for the last seven years. He sold out, and, man. <laughs> in a good way and still going strong. It Which is, is the home of the New York Rangers. He is the most successful franchise at Madison Square Garden by a lot. Yeah, I'm jealous to, to admit that. And, uh, I'm sure the Rangers and, and Knicks kind of uh, sting a little bit as well. But that is just remarkable. Uh, the, the dream is, is phenomenal, too. That's really cool. I think which explains, like you said, uh, very uh, diplomatically that maybe there might be a listener out there who isn't a Billy Joel fan. I have yet to meet somebody who is not a Billy Joel fan, quite frankly. And <laughs> that sounds like a gauntlet thrown down there, James. It is. It is. And okay, so be it if um, born and raised in, in Brooklyn and only experience uh, rub elbows with a lot of people in Long Island and, and the city and, you know, Jersey and Connecticut and stuff like that, which is basically, you know, Billy Joel country and uh, Bruce Springsteen as well. But he would be the kind of guy that would do that. And it makes sense. And, and you being one of the greatest people in the whole wide world, he would just gravitate toward you. So I hopefully think that that dream would become reality. You know, my father was born in Levittown, which is where Billy Joel is from on Long Island. And, and Billy is just a little bit older than my father. So it is conceivable that they were both there at the same time. Sure. Really? Yeah. My dad, my dad has all kinds of weird connections. Well, not all kinds, but I guess a couple, a couple of weird connections. He, as I just mentioned, the Billy Joel uh, quote unquote connection and also Saturday Night Fever, the famous uh, like strutting down the block scene in Saturday Night Fever that was filmed like on my dad's block in Brooklyn where, where he grew up. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. That That's our claim to fame here in Bay Ridge. Yeah, that's where he lived. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know he was under the L. I didn't either. I didn't like I don't I never we, we, it's not something we really talk about. I only honestly I only know that fact because my mother and father's first date was going to see Saturday Night Fever. And he told her, oh, that was like around the block from, from you know, this, this scene that's like around the block from where I lived growing up. Yeah, that's what that that is really exciting. That's the only reason why I ever watched the movie, too, because I can't stand disco and stuff like that. But everybody from this area, when you're watching the movie and you see it's shot one way and then the next, the next scene, it's like blocks and blocks away. Right. Of but course. it seems like, yeah, so, no, that, that can't be. You know, that was where Nathan's was. And that's where this, that and the other thing. It's really that's that's so cool. And yeah, they um in the neighborhood I actually grew up in was where the studio was. The club was. Mm. So um, that's really cool. See, all kinds of connections that honestly mean nothing to you. Right. <laughs> so we apologize. <laughs> we have Wayne waiting for this too, so apologies. Yeah, yeah th this is what we're keeping Wayne waiting for. <laughs> this is, oh boy, he's never coming back, is he, James? No, and that's that's the funny thing because the man volunteered to come back on his own. We didn't even have to beg him and plead. So uh, this is the thanks he gets. I'm yeah. I'm so sorry. This is what this is what it means when you come on hit the deck. This is it right here. All right. Well, we probably shouldn't keep him waiting any longer, should we? No. All right. Well, that being the case, then I guess we'll jump right into the next part of the podcast. You know what we're doing. You know what it is. You know what I'm going to ask you, James. You know. You know. Yes. James, could I coerce you, please, to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Will do, sir. Thank you.
it still wanes global's fear. And since this podcast is a part of that globe, Mr. Wayne Barrett is back to finish up his fascinating interview. Again, a very special thank you to Craig Gussman for setting up this great interview for us. And go fund them! We have Becky Dobson of the U.S. Women's National Ball Hockey Team lined up to join us on our next podcast because the Ball Hockey World Championship is only a couple of weeks away. As you know from being a loyal listener, the ladies have a GoFundMe page to help pay for the trip to Slovakia. There was another way we could have chipped in, but the really nice t-shirt they had for sale was only available for a limited time. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Dobson. Dobson. We've got Dobson here. Nobody cares. That that was a Jurassic Park reference. Oh, okay. Thank you, because that went over my head. That was, uh, I believe it was Dodgson was actually the name in Jurassic Park that he was. Dodgson. Dodgson. We've got Dodgson here. It was the guy, what's his name, Wayne Knight, the guy who played Newman in Seinfeld. Oh. He was having a like a clandestine meeting with some corporate espionage dude from another company that wanted to buy dinosaur embryos, that he have him sneak him out. It's basically the whole thing that, that causes all the problems in Jurassic Park in the first place. That sets it up, that chain of events, let's say. But uh, that is neither here nor there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you explained that because we're not doing very well by insulting our guests. No, on the contrary, we care very much that Becky Dobson is going to be on this podcast. I, I mean no offense. I'm just making a very outdated pop culture reference. Nobody cares. Uh, okay, you know what? Let's talk to Wayne. Save us. Yeah, all right. Well, let's do then. Oh, boy. Okay, Wayne. We're, we're finally ready for you. Oh boy. So the man is back. Wayne, you, you just, you couldn't stay away. You had to come back for round two, huh? <laughs> nice. I appreciate being able to. We're very happy that you <laughs> wanted to after last week. Seriously, in all seriousness, we are very happy to have you back here on the pod. Great to be on. Thank you. Now, before we continue the interview, I have a few follow-up questions that came courtesy of my daughter. Actually, she was, she was most insistent that I ask you. So if you oh, do not, yeah, if you don't mind, I do have a few questions for my daughter. So first of all, she wanted to know what is your second favorite hockey team? Ooh, second favorite. Ooh, that's a tricky one there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that one kind of that one fluctuates a bit depending on uh, which players I like or which you know ex players or so go to certain areas and who I like. I like their style of games and their teams. Always a Western team though to keep away from. Uh, any issues with playing against the Flyers <laughs> very often. So that's probably it. Definitely on with the Bowling Blues right now with, you know, ex-Flyers coach and Braden Shen as well. So pulling for them for sure, but not a, not a second favorite team, though. Okay, fair enough. She also wanted to know, what is your second favorite sport after hockey? Ooh, another good one there. To watch, I would say football. To play would probably be soccer. Okay, awesome. And... Finally, she wanted to know, what is your favorite food to eat? Ooh, there's another tough one. Probably steak, but pizza's always right right there with it, depending on uh, if you can get some good pizza, which is tough in this D.C. area. Mm. Well, she loves pizza, so she'll be very happy to hear that answer. All, All right. right, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for indulging us with those follow-up questions. Not a problem. Yeah. So... Uh, now that now that we've established all those things, I guess let's jump back into the the proper interview. So last week 
when you were here, we mostly covered kind of your background, your resume, as it were. We went over your history as a player and as a coach and the, the different leagues that you were a part of, etc., etc. Listener, if you missed the first half of Wayne's interview, please feel free to consult episode 137. It's a great listen. And he's uh, a man who is well-traveled and well worth your time. So assuming that you have listened to that already, Wayne, I would like to jump into what you're doing now. And if you don't mind, I think the best place to start there is your draft league. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's an awesome concept. We kind of came up back in uh, 2005 where we, um, a few of us from the league were talking and uh, kind of came up with the concept of doing a draft league to kind of mix up from, uh, you know, the playing against the same type of guys and teams on Sundays for the past, you know, the 10 years or so past previous um so we decided to get some captains together that, that knew a lot of the players from the league and do random draft where you're kind of you know pull the uh the draft lottery out to see who goes first and then do a snake draft so we kind of did that and um you know the winners of those leagues get their uh, get their name on the cup the captain's name on the cup and uh the team name as well and then each person gets a week with the cup so it was a kind of a cool concept we came up with and uh We've been going for 41 seasons now. Currently is our 41st season, and uh, everybody loves it. You know, you get to obviously play with different people every season, which is a blast. And, you know, it's, it's always fun. You get guys that want to cast and control who they get to play with, who they don't play with. Obviously, there's certain players that uh, captains don't want to draft or don't want to play with or don't like their style <laughs> or anything like that or just like the person. But uh, so it, it's kind of a cool concept that we have in the league. And, uh, we're going on year 15, and uh, it's still rolling, and everybody loves it. How long is the season? Well, since we're outdoor league, it, it kind of depends. Usually around three and a half months or so. Somewhere in there. We usually get about three, three in a year, somewhere around there. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Yeah. So let me ask you then, and this kind of feeds into the, the next question, but how do these other tournaments and leagues that you've played in over the years how have they influenced the league that you decided to start in terms of, you know, rule set and, and the way it's set up and, and, you know, number of teams that, that go, how has all that stuff, you know, kind of shaped the league that you started? Uh, that's a good question there. I mean, obviously you, you want to, you want to kind of mirror some of the things that they do, especially in the higher leagues to kind of, you know, help prepare for those tournaments a little more. But at the same time, we have a league that you want to kind of, you know, people that you don't want people fighting and <laughs> going after each other either. So you kind of have that, that line of, you know, competitive, physical, but not like as chippy and uh, stuff as some of the tournaments can get. So it's kind of that fine line of making it close to that, but not quite there. But obviously you want to you want to get like your upper players as much experience and, uh, you know, prepared as possible for these tournaments. So league wise, rules wise, we kind of try to follow a decent amount of what they do and change rules here and there as we see that may, you know, something may adjust and do well. Like floating blue line, we probably switched that in maybe like five, six years ago. We switched that into our league to kind of because all the tournaments were going that direction. So mm. we kind of worked that in and actually helped open it up where the middle of the rink wasn't as jammed as, uh, you know, that. Both teams offside here, offside there. So it kind of kind of worked out to open it up and speed it up a little bit. So that one really worked out well for us. Is that something that people took some time to get used to, or did they just kind of embrace it straight off? I mean, I guess enough people that had done the tournaments had wanted it, and they were used to it. And then you got the other group of people that kind of just took a little extra time to get used to. But, uh, you know, it's always 
tough at first when people are always hesitant on it. And then after a while, they're like, oh, this is a great idea. So it kind of, it works out in the end. Any favorite house rules that you guys have? Any rules that you have that you maybe haven't seen in too many other places that you really like and think work? We're strict on on high sticks with knocking the ball down above the shoulder and, you know, just putting your stick up there just in general because, uh, you know, helmets aren't mandatory mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we're a little more strict, obviously, than um, a lot of the leagues do with their play and with the tournaments. So we're tight on the stick work, which is, I guess, good and bad on on that. You know, some habits of ice hockey players, roller hockey players with the stick and knocking it down. But we put them in the box for two minutes for above the shoulder. What? Not on slap shots Sorry. or like wheeling or anything, but like, you know, just knocking it down and, and swatting at it and stuff. All right. Why did you decide to start this league? Kind of what inspired you to, to do that? You know, was it hard to kind of go out on a limb and start it for yourself? What, you know, give me the origins of this league. Well, I mean, I guess I wanted to play and there really wasn't any league. So that kind of uh, motivated it. And then knowing that I had a, a good core of, you know, teams to start kind of helped that. And that was just basically, I mean, it was a side thing for a long time. You know, obviously it wasn't enough to make very much money off of at the time. So it was just kind of, uh, you know, wanted to do it to have fun. And people love playing in the leagues and, you know. If I wanted to keep playing and, you know, seeing friends and getting the exercise from playing hockey, then I had to kind of keep it going there. Didn't want it to stop, obviously. So, I mean, people, a lot of players there, once they play, you know, it's just, it's an addiction for a lot of players. They want to play as many nights as they can. So we kind of just, you know, keep working it in. And uh, then it's worked out where we've got like a great core and, you know, we get good captains and these teams keep coming back, add new teams in. It's just it works out well and uh, I have fun doing it. Yeah. And you have a great online presence too. I'm glad that you brought that up too way back when in the eighties that we didn't have online things like Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff to promote things. We had to actually go out and print and whatever the case is, but the DC street hockey.com I visited too. And you have what, 26 teams roughly in, in the, uh, in the league right now. Correct. Yeah. The league I manage, we only have two nights a week and the kind of contract I signed when we, put a proposal into the school was uh, I'd let the roller guys keep their nights as is. So ideally I would like to have more nights, but in order to get that contract, it kind of made the most sense for me as a safety net and to be able to, you know, keep our nights. But um, now we're going to start, you know, working in some youth hockey and kind of work that. We got some openings Friday nights and Saturdays to kind of build it a bit more and get that going. So get it beyond the adults and into the youth league. The old rink we were on wasn't really safe. It was kind of mismanaged and, you know, fine for adults, but it wasn't good for kids. So I'm kind of glad to get that get that rolling next. Yeah, please, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be a perfect segue to talk about your new rink, uh, Wayne. If you wouldn't mind, Please walk us through how it came about, the planning, and uh, so on and so forth. No problem. So I've worked with the Capitals Director of Community Relations for quite a long time now. We did some youth camps together and kind of tried to do some building uh, of the sport. So when the NHL introduced some grant money, it's called an Industry Growth Fund. Each team is allowed to spend X amount of dollars to kind of grow the game in in their areas. So the Caps wanted to go out and uh, help refurbish some rinks. And since I'd done a lot of work with Peter Robinson, he was very interested in uh, taking on our rink to kind of do this, which was exciting. And the fact that we're uh, this rink is the closest to where the Capitals practice in Boston, Virginia, and as well as playing D. So, and they knew it was one of the most used rinks, you know, on the East Coast. So they really wanted to get involved with that and kind of redo it because they had seen it's not in great shape. And they actually had a team full of employees from the Caps that had, had joined my league at one time. So I wanted to get involved. And then uh, it's been, uh, we're on school property. So it's been 
quite a handful, a lot of headaches, a lot of red tape, kind of getting through the right people to get it done. We had to raise $40,000 from just my set of players alone, which, you know, we've got a dedicated group of people that were able to, uh, we were able to push and push and push and raise that 40 grand to help get the old rink off and get the old post down and get it removed. So I got a great group of people that are uh, just dedicated and willing to, you know, to chip in and make this whole thing happen. And then the caps, obviously, you know, putting down probably close to $200,000 with the boards and the uh, new flooring and everything. So it's, it's, it's been a long time coming and we're, uh, we're so close to everything being done right now. We just got the boards uh, a week or two ago and they're fantastic. We lost four feet, but you know, not really a big deal. They had to, they had to go in versus out due to the plans, but it, it looks great. New fencing. We did, we didn't have fencing all around. It was just kind of like a low board except in the corner. So that's worked out well. And then we're getting a new uh, Mataflex support scheduled to be completed tomorrow with our Mataflex flooring going in and lines painted as well as Capitals logo, BC Street Hockey logo. So after curing of the weekend, we're going to get back to the league games on our brand new surface on Monday, which is uh, really exciting. It's been a long two-year process of getting this thing going, and uh, it's finally coming through, and uh, everybody's really excited about it. So we're, we're looking for a grand opening ceremony here, second week of June. My spring tournament, spring classic I have, which is a local co-ed tournament, is set for Saturday, June 15th. So that'll be an exciting way for a lot of people that don't play in the leagues regularly to get a chance to come out there and play. And then we're hoping that late summer, we're going to have Corey from USA Fall Hockey come out. We're going to we're gonna do a Grow the Game Day with a bunch of the rinks in our area and kind of see if we can get the youth programs rolling for the fall, which is the main goal with getting this new rink. So it's it's we're so close to getting this thing after years. It's uh, it's very exciting. And do you have lights for this one? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, we have lights. We kept the same lights. So we have league games pretty much every night, you know, Sunday through thursday fridays here and there and then like i said i want to fill up that saturday to get the youth pretty much most of the day on saturday all right awesome yeah but we've been playing on like a it was like an asphalt with like a coating on top of it so we've been on that for years so to be able to play on an actual surface it's going to be huge for the players for our knees and especially for yeah. for, for yeah. tournaments as well really just being able to play on a surface that's uh, comparable to what we play on for tournaments so do you know the dimensions roughly of the uh, rink you don't have to be specific is it like basically nhl or a little smaller or like more deck it's not like the north americans rinks or anything or like the ones you had you saw in pittsburgh They're, it's smaller than that but it's like one 70 maybe length might be like 170 by 70 somewhere around there yeah sure that's a significant yeah yeah we still do five on five it's uh it's still enough room to do five on five absolutely absolutely best of luck yeah you need room for the roller players to be able to skate around too right yeah correct but they they do four on four with their leagues luckily they just kind of pay me and they kind of do their thing so we just kind of have a good relationship if nothing's going wrong and they do their thing they get their nights and uh you know, things go well. I just check in on them here and there and make sure things are getting done and nothing's being, <laughs> nothing's going wrong and we're good to go there. So as you listen, as this podcast drops, listener, the rink is being completed today and will be open for business imminently. So if you're in the area, get down there and play. Hey, Wayne, do you have any advice for people who might want to start their own league? I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, if you want to get in there, you got to get some people in there. You got to get some people that care, that want to help. You know, it, it just takes time. I mean, basically, you just want to get in there, get started, do some pickup, kind of advertise it. I mean, now it's pretty easy to get things, you know, get the word out on Facebook or other Twitter or anything, kind of get the word out there. And then once you stick with it for a while, you can get enough people out there and then word of mouth. You know, it's six, nine months. I, I feel like people can get it up and running if uh, 
you know, you get the right people, the right word of mouth, and, you know, put some time in. You know, once you get it up and running and get the right people in charge, it kind of works itself out much, much smoother. For your, I guess, I don't know if you consider it social media, but to help get the word out, do you use the Open Sports app or is it all online in terms of website and, and uh, you know, social? Yeah, I mean, like where I'm at now, we've kind of been at the same numbers, same type of thing for, uh, I mean, it's been so, I mean, probably like six to eight years because I don't, I only have two nights. So it's just kind of right now I haven't had to do much promotion. Obviously some players go out, some retire, some move here and there. So you get like a little influx, you know, a little bit out, a little bit in, but nothing like I haven't had to go out of my way to really market or anything. You know, just due to the fact that most people keep running their teams, new players come in, kind of works out. I get emails, I, I place the players and kind of go that way. I would like to have more time to do some other leagues, but uh, right now our, our rink's kind of booked up for the most part. So yeah. Do you have a waiting list or is it just if somebody wants to play, you find a place for them? Yeah, I mean, most times I can I find a place for them. Our leagues are more the competitive ones in the area, so sometimes it's not always the right fit, but I have the connection with the Arlington County Leagues and some other ones that are more rec as well. So I'm always looking to place somebody in the right spot and get them where they need to be. And then, you know, players kind of work their way, sometimes work their way back up to that league or, or however you want to call it. So, yeah. And also, too, which which is great to uh, have, you know, a pool to, to choose from, but um Besides the D.C. Street Hockey and, and the DCStreetHockey.com, if you wouldn't mind telling us about the uh, City of Origin tournament that you have coming up. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, we have a we kind of came up with a concept a while back to kind of do a tournament amongst groups of players from like, say, where you grew up or were your favorite NHL team. So we've kind of broke teams up into uh, obviously D.C. We have two teams because there's enough people in our area that, you know, grew up there and Pats fans and we have enough. You know, you get people from Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh has a team. We have a lot of Canadians. So they have a team Canada. Philly has a team. And then we do like a Northeast kind of mix, depending on how many people sign up for each region. So, you know, we've had Boston. We have Buffalo has a team as well. So we do like this tournament. It's it's eight teams, which has been for a, a while now. So you kind of you sign up and you play with the team where you grew up or your NHL team and you kind of play against each other. So it's kind of like a one day format. You play three prelim games and the top two from each bracket move on to play each other. But uh, it's kind of turned into this huge one day party every year um, where we start at like seven in the morning and go to like seven or eight at night and we do set up tents and tailgate and people uh put out like their teams like uh, all their teams like jerseys and stuff like that and then people bring grills and kind of it's it's like a it's a fun day of uh showing pride for your city and your team and then uh obviously a lot of competitiveness so it's fun we get a lot of players that moved away some from canada that fly back for it and other yeah. ones that so we just keep it local uh I haven't really branched out to do like out of town tournaments very often. We've done a couple, but but not many. But this one's more like just local players and ex DC Chiaki players that come back in for it. And uh, each year it just keeps getting better and better. And we're on year ten this year, so I have to figure out something to make it even better this year. Since it's year ten, we're kind of shocked that we made it this far, but. Uh, <laughs> It's getting better and better, so it's a blast. Are you still going to hold it in October, or are you going to try and tie it in with the debut of the new rink? Yes, October. We usually do the first Saturday in October, barring any weddings, other stuff, <laughs> anything mm -hmm. else may tie into that but um for the most part we keep it the first saturday of october and, and we just go and it's a, i mean it's a huge all-day party that people come out and watch it and it's, it's a great time are you planning any grand opening festivities for the new rink peter robinson uh, he's the director of community relations for the cap so he's kind of in charge of all that and uh they haven't given me too much information on 
they have to work with the school and kind of figure it out. But all the media is going to kind of go through him. So I'm kind of waiting for that that final word on when we're doing it. He wanted to make sure everything ran smoothly. The flooring got in. Everything else is done. So we're kind of on hold. Hopefully they'll get a player out or some, I don't know. With the season ending, obviously, it makes it a little trickier to get a player out with the players scattered all over the place and, you know, the World Championships, uh, stuff like that. So hopefully we'll get somebody out there to kind of help promote it. But either way, we're excited to get it going. Awesome. So you, Wayne, have had such a long and illustrious career in hockey. And I'm sure it must be, you know, very hard to kind of encapsulate that entire span of playing in uh, in such a short time on a podcast. But I have to ask you, do you have any highlights, any, any standout moments from your career that just have always stuck with you or you're especially proud of? Oh, let's see here. We had... Our, our first D championship at Holiday Bash was a very eventful one. We were we were trailing a, a young and very talented Jersey Fresh team by, I would like to say, like three goals in the third period and kind of made a nice little comeback to tie them up late. And then uh, we ended up winning it in overtime. Wow. So that was like our first D championship after numerous, numerous second place finishes so that was exciting we actually my wife was actually on the bench and had a camera out and kind of got a good photo of you know the the celebration from our group of guys as well as like the uh you know the other team that you know being down and demoralized after you know the thrill of victory and agony of defeat yes classic that's one of my favorite pictures and obviously that was back i mean uh, terry millie wasn't doing what she does now but you know it would she does amazing work and captures those moments for everybody now which is just awesome like she's She's fantastic. But yeah, so that would be one of them. Other ones, get a player of the game award uh, in one of George's invite tournaments one year. I think it enough as in Reading. I got a player of the game shirt there. So that was that was exciting. Me and other than that, it's it's just, you know, it's it's just always exciting playing with friends. I kinda I kinda stopped the tournament circuit and uh after North Americans in two thousand seventeen. So kinda tournament days are about done now for me. I just kinda do the local leagues and it may be a local tournament, but, uh, you know, the knees take a beating on those tournaments and it's a young man's game at that, at the level that I'd want to be able to play. So it's just kind of gone now, unfortunately. So I move on to, to more coaching. Any goals that you're especially proud of over the years? Yeah, pro- I mean, I'm more of a, an assist first guy. So I actually take more pride in those, uh, laying those nice passes out to, mm. for somebody to crank in. So those tend to give me more joy being a pass first center. Well, right. That makes sense. You're a center and your name is Wayne. So, um, <laughs> You, you don't happen to, uh, your office doesn't happen to be behind the net too, does it? <laughs> no, I mean, not, not as much. No, I like to kind of draw, draw people to me and then, uh, set people up, get the easy goals. Any big, uh, game winners or, or, you know, otherwise important goals that you've set up? Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, over the years, I, I mean, they kind of blend together after all these years that I can't really think of like certain ones that were that much better than uh any other no overtime winners or anything like that but uh you know all right so there, there's no yeah. one goal that you like when you know when you have a few in the in the pub after the game oh <laughs> i want to tell you the story of this one goal yeah we've heard it a thousand times wayne <laughs> no, None of those? no no all right I won't get that no unfortunately i don't have those but uh you know we've had a we had a lot of a lot of great goals and memories and uh you know beating certain teams and i played on uh quite a few other teams back in the day too when we weren't quite an a team i played on a couple of uh jay's uh long island teams and won a few championships with him um, so that, that was always fun playing on an a team with a great group of guys and respected players and a lot of the uh, you know masters usa masters guys uh now playing with them back then when they were still uh you know 
running through a tournament. So that was that was a blast as well. Awesome. There's another quality you share with being the first name Wayne in the center is you're extremely humble too. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's fun. I mean, I like uh, you know like playing on teams that don't really know much about you, and then uh, to be trusted with a with a one goal lead late in the game to go in and you know play smart defense, win faceoffs, and make sure you lock down that game. Is I take pride in and stuff like that for sure. Absolutely. That's the beauty of the game. And especially being a center too, because you're involved in everything. You have to play defense and offense, but that's amazing to think pass first and uh, let your teammates have the glory is really commendable. And one of the, probably the most important things that a center can do, especially in faceoffs too, yeah. because uh, centers have a lot of responsibility For and sure. you know, that that's, and especially in tournaments, a lot of times in the tournaments that you have played in, is it people that you know and people that you've played with before, or is it a kind of a mix where some you do have like the phantoms, which I'm sure you're you're a good cohesive gelled team. But um, if you're going into a tournament where you just sign up for or something like that, and then you have to center two guys or girls that you're not familiar with in a short amount of time, I mean, doesn't that add on to the pressure? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you got to have the right mix and kind of, you know, obviously it's like, it's nice to have a, a good forechecking winger on one side and a nice sniper on the other side that, you know, just, just get open. I'll give you the ball and you fire it in. But the face-offs, I, I, I love the uh, the face-off, the clean face-off win to the point for a blast by the goalie. It's always a favorite of mine as well. Yeah, as, uh, as a goalie, uh, you know, I'll let the American Rhino answer that question too, but yeah. as a defenseman, that, that just... Gives me nightmares. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say less so of mine, but <laughs> I respect that. Right, right. <laughs> Unless we're on the same team, then God bless. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Course. Yeah. So, uh, all right. You know, one more question, one last question before we let you go, Wayne. Obviously, you're in D.C. now, but you do have, you know, you've stated your rooting interests lie with Philadelphia. So, you know, we asked Craig this question when he was on and he gave us an answer, but he spoke as an outsider. For you, somebody embedded in the fandom, can you please explain Gritty to us? <laughs> well, when Gritty first came out, I was, uh, I mean, it was... I was like, what the heck are they doing? So I was not definitely not on board with it right away. I don't know. I thought they were crazy, but uh, obviously they, they knew what they were doing marketing-wise because it, it ended up being genius. So I don't know. After after about a month or so, I mean, it kind of he, he definitely grew on me. And the fact that my son kind of saw him and he, and he wasn't scared, which I really thought he would be, um, wow. that definitely helped it along. So every time he sees him on the TV now, he's like, oh, gritty. <laughs> like, not scared at all. Uh, I mean, I think it can end up being genius. It kind of fits Philly, like his, you know, rough and tumble kind of kind of attitude. And then uh, it, it's funny, I think now. So I think I think it kind of worked out. But at first, I was definitely uh, apprehensive on that one. What does your wife think of Gritty? <laughs> I think she's probably in the same boat at first. Like, what the heck are they doing? But she she she's on board with it now as well. So. Right. We don't have any gritty dolls or anything in the house yet, no. but we do have a gritty growth chart, though. One of my friends, uh, actually, Becky Dobson, got uh, awesome. got that for him <laughs> and, uh, at one of the tournaments. She gave it to me to give to Bryson, so, yeah. You don't have any, have any multi-hundred-dollar gritty bobbleheads? <laughs> uh, no, no. I do have a nice bobblehead collection, but uh, no gritty yet. I, I may have to add that on. I do have a Philly fanatic. Maybe I'll have to add the gritty. All right. Okay. And another nice assist, by the way, because Becky will be joining us in a future podcast. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> so you get a lot of close friendships from uh, coaching the women's teams. And it's always good to come, you know, to the tournaments and see a lot of people that, you know, you only see at those tournaments. It's fun. Yeah. Best of luck to her and her teammates uh, coming up in June as they go out to Slovakia. But that must really not only being a friend, but to uh, be a part of her development, too, as a coach, you must 
be bursting with pride. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's fun to watch her game develop. And, uh, you know, she's just tearing it up and in amazing shape and uh, looking forward to what her and the rest of the team can do. And maybe they can get, you know, bring home gold this time. Amen. Yeah. So before we, we let you go, Wayne, anything else you'd like to promote? Obviously, you got the DCStreetHockey.com and the, uh, the City of Origin tournament, you know, Team USA. Let us know. We'll do. I mean, basically, that's it. I mean, DC Street Hockey is kind of, a, you know, we're, we're trying to build and trying to get the game going so i think the youth leagues we can promote and uh maybe get some of these other ranks that the caps are building and kind of you know build the sport up as much as possible and get a get the travel teams going ideally we'd like to see someone on uh, the men's usa team down the road is a nice goal that we'd like to have and then we get these youth leagues going obviously we'd like to send some players to those tournaments and hopefully make team usa youth as well so we've got a lot of goals to kind of get that going we got to get these youth leagues rolling so it's a little ways away with the youth but uh we're going to keep pushing and uh, try to make it as competitive as possible and make, uh, you know, keep DC a, a factor in these, uh, you know, tournaments and, you know, win some, win some tournaments. Yeah, really um, work that new rink to its core. So yeah, best of for, luck. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you, man, Wayne. That's fantastic. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you devoting the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, good luck with everything, and we'll see you down the road. All right. Again, thank you so very much, Wayne, for coming back. Thank you for sharing your great experiences with us, and best of luck with that new deck rink. We're really excited about that. Thank you for posting pictures on our Facebook page, too, which uh, Gary will share with everybody. So again, thank you, and a special thank you to Craig Gussman for setting that up. And we just love adding to the family, and, and Craig, much appreciated. Wayne, much appreciated. And future Becky, much appreciated for joining us next week. Yeah, that's a really exciting thing to look forward to. And if you would like a sneak peek of the majesty that is Becky Dobson, well, I mean, you just heard a little bit about her and how awesome she is in the interview just now. But besides that, we're going to tell you a little bit about what you can do, what you can do to, to help these people, how you can be a part of bringing the U.S. women's ball hockey team to the championships. You you can make a difference. I'm You can't see me. I'm pointing. I'm pointing at, I guess, my stereo is technically what I'm pointing at. But I am, I am in the abstract. I am pointing at you who I cannot see and can only imagine is listening. So just just, you know, close your eyes unless you're like driving or something, then don't close your eyes. That's a really bad idea. But assuming you're not or, you know, assuming you're in a position where you can safely close your eyes, just close your eyes and imagine the American rhino is pointing at you in an Uncle Sam-esque way. <laughs> I want you to help the U.S. women's ball hockey team go to Slovakia. Yes, yes. That's that's not a request. That's a demand. But um yeah, thank you, American Rhino. That, I'll, I'll uh, we, wear the hat. I'll do it. Yes, yes. And uh, they, that would match your pads so beautifully, by the way. Don't make um, me break out the suspenders. I, I, don't, hey, listen, one thing I've learned is to never challenge the American Rhino. And just a quick quick aside, everybody. Many years ago when uh, the American Rhino was one of the first people I ever knew to have the Wii, and I mistakenly had the accepted to battle him in the uh, Wii Sports Boxing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, rope-a-dope for a couple of rounds, and then Gary just turned into Rocky, and I felt the blows and, and the punches 
as he devastated my character. It wasn't even close. So I, yeah, I'd I'd never um, cross the American Rhino ever. Hey, yo, Becky, we did it. Meanwhile, yes, so we have had the GoFundMe page, and we'll put it back up again, that these ladies have to, uh, all they need is 2500 bucks, and they're about $835 short as of the recording of this podcast, so hopefully that the listener out there, the Hit the Deck fan, can chip in and, and help out these ladies, because the uh, tournament is june 14th so it's coming right up and uh, one of the reasons why we're having becky on is to promote that and uh maybe even bring awareness if you didn't know about what's going on and uh the u.s ladies won silver a couple of years ago in the last world ball championship so hopefully that they can get that extra step and win the gold and we can contribute to that we can help them out because they're not professionals you know and and this isn't the NHL, so they don't have sponsors that were sponsors at, at the level that the uh, NHL has or even the Olympics have. So they have to pay for their trip themselves. And it's really expensive, especially as for us and, and the benefit of deck hockey and ball hockey is that it's not that expensive comparative to roller hockey and, and ice hockey. So you can help them out. Please do. It'd be great. It'd be helping the ladies and in, in, in our country and the sport of deck hockey and being patriotic all at once. And another thing that they had was a really nice t-shirt, but I found out about it way too late. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is a shame if you can, well, I don't know. Should we even bother putting a link up to it on our Facebook page, James, if they can't order it now, you know, it's, it's like forbidden fruit, you know, it's like saying, nah, 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 you can't have this nice t-shirt. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Cause the, the, the shirt is a really cool looking shirt and it looks like it's that wicking kind of shirt too, that, that really comfortable Under Armour style. But the design is really awesome. It was designed by a player too on the uh, US team. And that that's a good idea. Probably don't show because I'm looking at it now and longing for it. And um, knowing that I can't have it is kind of lousy. I looked at it, I think yesterday. I didn't... Um... It's it's like an eagle holding a hockey stick. Is that right? Yeah, and it's gold and red and uh, on a black background and kind of reminiscent of if you're a car fan, like the Thunderbird logo, kind of the um, Native American style. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's actually a really good comparison. And what does it say on the shirt, James? It says Ball Hockey World Championship. And again, as the American Rhino explained, there's an eagle holding the uh, stick. Look like it's, it's cross-checking you, as a matter of fact. It has the date, uh, the year, I should say, 2019. And then Slovakia underneath. And then underneath all of that cool stuff is the USA Ball Hockey logo. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, if you manage to get your hands on one of these, we are envious. So, unfortunately, it doesn't look like you will have an opportunity to buy one of these to support the team. But... But you can still donate to them, team, to get them to Slovakia. And that is on GoFundMe. They have a GoFundMe page where they are attempting to raise funds, as James said. And the URL for that is, oh boy, GoFundMe slash help hyphen Eileen hyphen and hyphen Danielle hyphen play hyphen for hyphen team hyphen USA. That we will link on our social media so that you are able to, you know, go and, 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 and donate, you know, 10 or 20 bucks from, from you guys and us, you know, if we all pitch in, if we all throw in, we can get them there easily. So, you know, let's, let's, let's pull together and let's do it for Merca, you know, 
Let's all be patriots and, and help not only our country, but the sport that we love and the sport that we want to be well represented for our country, for our national pride and, and just, you know, for the love of the game. Yes. And, and the American Rhino and I would never ask you to do something that we wouldn't be doing ourselves either. And, but yes, listen to your uncle American Rhino. Indeed. I mean, honestly, as I said, we'll link it, but you can probably go on GoFundMe and just search Team USA or something. I'm I'm sure there aren't that many USA teams that have GoFundMe pages trying to raise money. I'm sure there are some, but you'll find it. Yes, and they have a great presence on Twitter and Facebook themselves, at USA Ball Hockey on Twitter, and you could follow them there. But I do know somebody who could use a really nice t-shirt, and American Rhino since you are our expert when it comes to mascots hmm. in the hockey world, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name because they haven't put the English version of the website up yet. Oh, boy. For the, um, the World Ball Hockey uh, Championship. Google but, Translate, James. Google yeah, Translate. If I had the time, I would, honest, but uh, I don't. So maybe it's more fun that I'm too ignorant to do it right now. But the mascot for the... 2019 World Ball Championship is a weird looking fella and he's wearing a hockey jersey that doesn't fit and his belly is completely exposed. Hmm. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like another mascot we know, James. Yes, indeed. And this guy is wearing shorts and a double belt for whatever reason and uh he's not even wearing sneakers. So I guess we have to redo our, our intro. It's more like kind of moccasins or, or boots. I can't really tell. And he has kind of like a Bart Simpson-esque hairdo, but it's brown hair. Two teeth <laughs> that I could see. And he's a weird looking fella. Well, that's only a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah. How, I mean, where, uh, this is Kosish 2019. Is that the... Is that the website you're looking at? Yes, as a matter of fact. Kusish2019.com or Kosice. Yes. I, I, I don't know how, I don't speak Slovakian, if that is in fact even a language. But, well, that's why I'm not trying to pronounce this mascot's name. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing it, James. I'm going to Google Translate and I'm going to enter the page and we're going to see what happens. Oh boy. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> it looks like Jason Paco. I'm Paco. Okay, I got it. Yes, I have it. I have it as well. I'm Paco or Pacho. I don't know. Where'd you get oh, Jason? It, it's. I said it looks like it, it's. It's Jason. J A. And then S O M. Uh, let, let me hear what it says. I'm Pacho. Pacho. It's, uh, oh, it has. If it has an audio translation. Yeah. Well, I'm on the computer doing it. I'm Pacho. But I see it. Yes, I, I, I have it as well, James. We have concurrently pulled up this site. He does have crazy spiky hair. Yes. He looks, I mean, he's welcoming with his arms wide open, although he looks a little creepy. I have to be honest. I'm not sure what's going on with those shoes. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they're they're carved out of wood. And, and really, what's with the jersey? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the fact that the jersey is cut so short is a little bit concerning. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're right. Maybe the two belts are because his jersey is already so short, they don't want to risk uncovering anything else. 
So they have double support going for him here. Could you lend him your suspenders? <laughs> I don't know. Those are those are Uncle Sam's suspenders. I don't know if they would go with Pacho's Slovakian jersey. Well, hopefully that'll bring good luck to the men and the women. Yeah. US I, men I, and I, women, I should say. Well, sure. <laughs> oh boy. That is that is something, man. Something there. So what do you think are you gonna do with this weekend, Pacho? <laughs> I don't know. See, here here's the problem. I don't know if there will actually be a physical Pacho present at the the championships. Like, you know, Gritty is actually we do Gritty because Gritty is a physical being that goes out into the world and terrorizes people. Pacho, for all we know, is just a piece of art that they have up. We don't know if there is going to be a, a live anthropomorphic Pacho that is there at the championships, you know, causing trouble. <laughs> Although I will say, given the way that he is dressed, mm-hmm. I really hope that if they do decide to make a living character of this, that it is in fact a like mascot suit of a person, like a cartoony looking person and not just a weird person <laughs> With a like half jersey and shorts and weird hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. That would be awfully distracting. I mean, can you imagine the job listing for that? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the laws are like over there in Slovakia, but that that's dangerous. Wild West, man. Wild West. But uh I don't know, maybe maybe Becky Dobson knows a little more about Pacho and she'll be able to yeah. Uh, bring some information and, and some, you know, context to all this. I assume that there's some kind of media packet or something that involves him. So maybe she's privy to that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we, we could probably ask our friend Jackie Spiegel, too. Maybe she might have the down low on what's going on with this guy. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's <laughs> that is not a bad idea. <laughs> We're calling all our favors. In. Do we honestly, though, do we really want to burn all of our favors on Pacho? Good point. <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm all in favor of an entertaining podcast, as you well know, but I don't know if Pacho is worth it, man. (laughs) Okay, good. Thank you for talking me back from the ledge. Uh Uh-huh. If anyone wants to volunteer something, that's cool, but you know, you get it. (laughs) All right. Uh, I, you know, I think that's it, James. I, I think, I, I think Pacho is the best place to end this podcast. Sounds good. I really don't see where we go from there. Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right. So, um, I just, oh boy, <laughs> that's going to do it for another episode of hit the deck. We would of course like to thank our guest Wayne Barrett for coming back and giving of his time once again, and another enlightening conversation. If you are in the DC area, Go check out the DCSH and go check out the brand new rink and go be awesome and have fun. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep saying, you know, because you do know you heard that interview. You know, I don't have to tell you. I shouldn't have to tell you. Anyway, thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music. And uh, thank you to you always, dear listener, for listening. Because if you weren't listening, if it wasn't for you, there would be no us. We would have no reason to sit here and talk about hockey at you and do this every single week. So thank you sincerely for your support. We could not do it without you. 
And if you would like to support us and continue to listen to this podcast, I would encourage you, please subscribe to this podcast. Please, it would make everybody's life easier. You don't have to go find it. You don't have to do it's just right there. You can just go get it. You can just go get that podcast anytime we drop it, which is generally speaking every Friday. So you could just have it right there without having to go look for it. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or whatever the uh, pod catcher of choice is for you. And if you have an opinion on Billy Joel or Pacho or really anything that we talk about here on the podcast, we would encourage you to contact us and you can do that very thing by emailing us at hit the deck deck is spelled D E K hit the deck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hit the deck pod and we are at hit the deck on Facebook and Instagram. You can get at us and we would love to hear from you anytime you would like to reach out to us. James, is there anything you'd like to add here at the end? Yes. Thank you, sir. But of course, I don't know why I'm French all of a sudden, but just go with it. Please check out the Columbus deck hockey association, the Charlotte street hockey league, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the DCSH, and please donate to LaGrange Hockey, and of course help out Eileen and her teammates to go to Slovakia. And thank you for listening, and thank you, Wayne, for joining us. And thank you, James. Uh, And I will thank you, dear listener, as always, to remember that whether you are running your own league or whether you are opening up a brand new place to play, whether you are a world-class athlete trying to pull together the scratch to get yourself to the championships or some Pacho! Regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. No? Okay. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't work. It, it, didn't, it doesn't work. It, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll cut it. It doesn't work. Bail out. Abort. Abort the joke. It doesn't work. Bail. 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 Our reputation is at stake, man. Oh, I'm going to go throw up again. Thank you for that. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it.